Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. <laughs> Amen. So, we're on Armor of God, and it's, to me it's been very powerful because we're talking about uh, standing firm. And I think that that's one of those things that we, we sometimes forget about, standing firm. But today's as we talk about um, the third part of uh, feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I want I want to start start off with reading from the beginning of the of uh, this passage on armor of God from chapter six, um, verse ten, and I'll I'll stop at verse fifteen when we talk about our topic for today. But I think it's really important before we do anything is to focus on this. Uh, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh or blood and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel. And I want to start with that way because I want to be reminded why we're going through this armor of God. This is not because this is how Christians should look like, all pretty with the armor of God. The reason we're doing this is because we're at war. We're being attacked. This is not a when or if, it's for sure and now. We need to understand it. Paul talks about this so many years ago. He talks about there is devil schemes against us. He talks about that there's the struggles, that there's struggles against rulers, against authorities, against the power of darkness, of dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We need to know that this thing is happening. This is not just a cute topic that we picked out of the Bible because it's fun things to do or because it's popular. This is an important spiritual warfare. We started the, started off this series on spiritual warfare, right? We, we did the introduction for three weeks ago. And we need to be remembered that when we talk about the belt of truth buck around our waist, talking about that we need to know the truth that would not fall against false teaching like we've kind of talked about before that or just taking teaching at hand and not looking at the word yourself. Mm-hmm. We talked about, uh, about breastplate of righteousness, how we need to live our lives above reproach so then when their attacks come of this world and everything else, our life could be sta- standing on Christ and Christ alone in his blood so that we would be counted as righteous so we can stand those attacks. And today when we're talking about our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, that is an important part because we really want to understand that, that standing firm. It is very important for us to, to see that. When Paul talks about um, feet, feet fitted, talking about uh, when he's looking at this Roman soldier, he's looking at his sandals, right? And there's uh, names for them and everything else. But first of all, back then I loved that those sandals... You know, they didn't have Velcros. They didn't have... They, they had to bind them. They literally had to bind them on their feet. The actual word here, when it says uh, fitted, feet fitted, when you look in the Greek of that, the translation is binded. You want to bind that. 
So, so it's, it's got to be something really tight so it's not going to go away. It's something that's going to be truth. The other thing that was, I, was, I was interested about that I, I just learned from is that they actually had the, uh, those um, sandals. They had, they had cleats. They would put uh, metal um, nails through their, their, their sandals so that way they could have better grip. I didn't know that. It was, I thought it was something interesting. And so not only they were able to use it to stand firm in the place. And I don't know if anybody's seen the 300 or any other soldiers. They would like make a wall. Back in the days, it was interesting warfare. They were just going to, everybody would just run into each other. And somebody would stand and make a wall. And whoever pushes through kind of wins. So having good food, footing is important. So I really was amazed. The other thing was that because of the metal sole that they had, when they were walking, they were able to walk longer because their feet wouldn't get beat up. Uh, the traps that the enemy set for them, like digging holes and putting a uh, sharp object, they could just walk on top. The other thing that was interesting, when they would walk on gravel, hundreds and hundreds of men with metal feet, people would hear, oh man, the Romans are coming. Just, just even that. You know, it, it's, it's that little saying on Facebook. It's like, when I wake up and my feet hit the ground, I want the devil to say, oh, man, they're awake. It's kind of one of those things. When, when you have that boom, it's like, okay, there, there, there's, so, there's something powerful happening. So this Roman soldiers, they have these perfect uh, shoes or sandals made for war. When we look for us, when we're talking for us, that's why it's so important. Our thing that we need to be bind to our thing that we need to stand on is the gospel of peace that is the only thing that's going to prepare us when the schemes start going against us it is really important for us to look at that uh the and this word binding we hear we hear this before we hear it in deuteronomy this this idea of binding uh, god's word Right, we heard we heard this in in Deuteronomy. As soon as I find it, I apologize. I thought I put it in. Well, in Shema, in Shema, mm-hmm. it, it talks about Deuteronomy six six through nine. There it is. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them or bind them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. That needs to be part of you. Like if you've ever seen that video of rabbis binding mm-hmm. um, the tutu boxes, they, they, they bind them. They, they put them around their, their arm and they put it around their forehead. It's something that wants to be part of you. So the gospel of peace has to be part of you. So when we are being attacked, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to slip out. It's going to be something that we can easily hold on to. Amen? So as our feet are fitted with the gospel of peace, right, we think of these are not just your regular shoes. These are shoes that are designed for a soldier who's in wartime. And that's important because whatever your activity you're doing, right, 
you wear a, you have to wear the appropriate types of shoes. And if we with the other articles, you know, we said we didn't spend too much time talking about a breastplate because you understand what a breastplate is. You know, we like to focus on the sore. We like to focus on all this other stuff. But when it comes to to shoes, the type of shoe is important. You don't wear flip flops if you're gonna you know play baseball. You don't um, you don't wear cowboy boots. You know, if you're going to do ballet dancing, like if there's a certain, <laughs> there's you, the activity determines the type of shoe that you wear. And so in this case, you know, we're sharing the, the details of what a Roman soldier would wear, because this is the picture that Paul would have had in mind when he wrote about the armor of God. These shoes were not just civilian shoes that were meant for walking or for farming. They were shoes that were designed to stand, because remember the theme is to stand firm for war. So that way, if the, if the ground was muddy or if the enemy was pushing back on you, you were able to dig in deep and not lose your footing. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39 says this, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Mm. And I think that if we are, have the proper, you know, in order to do that, to not shrink back, but to stand firm, we have to have on the proper shoes. And when, when it comes to the binding, it reminded me of, I, don't, I remember as a kid, we would go roller skating, um, or if you've ever been ice skating, and you have to take the, you know, most of our shoes nowadays, you don't have to bind your shoe up. But when, when it came to ice skating or roller skating, you put on those skates, right? And you have to wrap the, the straps around and around, and it, it was so tight, it felt like you were losing circulation to your feet. But you had to do that in order for your ankles to remain strong, right? That you wouldn't twist an ankle or fall down. And the other thing is, is those shoes needed to be fitted. They needed to be the proper size. They were personal. So in the same way, the gospel is a gospel message that is universal. There's only one true gospel message. It's, we have to have the right truth um, in order to stand firm. We can't be standing firm on our own personal truth. Mm. We can't strap on and bind up our own personal gospel, mm-hmm. right? There is only one proper, true gospel that is the way, the truth, and the life. But at the same time, it is custom-fitted. Our testimony, the way that we came to know and love the Lord, is unique just to us. And that's what we have to bind up, that we yeah. take the gospel of truth and we bind it to our own personal lives. We weave into our life, not just an hour on Sunday, but the, the gospel becomes a part of the fabric of when we get up and when we sit down, like he was sharing from Deuteronomy, when we stand, when we rise, when we go out, when we speak with our children, when we speak with our friends and family members, we have to have this gospel bound to us at all times um, in order for it to be effective and in order for us to stand firm. Yeah, and standing firm, especially in the gospel and doing the things that the gospel called us to do. First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, Paul talks about this. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Over and over, the standing firm is such an important part. Don't let anything move you. It doesn't matter what attacks or anything else. Stand firm. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Not only the work of the Lord that you're doing, but what the Lord is doing in you. Let him do what he's doing. It might be painful. It might be challenging. But let them do it. He's doing it for your good. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not vain. Let us stand firm on that. Let us stand firm on that and knowing that the, the gospel of peace is that, is that labor that we need to because it's beneficial. It's beneficial for the kingdom of God and it's beneficial for us mm-hmm. as people, people of God. So the first thing that we take away from the gospel of peace from this part of the armor is that it's 
custom fitted for you. There's one proper shoe, right? And the shoe has to fit kind of like a Cinderella. You know, there's only, there's only one, one shoe and it only fits you. And that's how I think the Lord looks at us. And he, he custom makes um, the, the gospel is this one gospel that is salvation for all. But yet he customizes it according to your testimony so that you can stand against the enemy's schemes. Because you're not just leaning on some universal truth of Christ died 2,000 years ago. But you can say, I spoke with him this morning. You can say that, yes, he died 2,000 years ago, but he's saving me and renewing me and redeeming me today. He's alive and well. The gospel that he died 2,000 years ago wouldn't mean anything if he didn't resurrect, if he wasn't alive and well and and shaping us and forming us today. So, first of all, we have to have this gospel fitted to us and bound to us tightly. The next thing is is that we have to, the the gospel um, comes with, we have to be ready. So the, the, the sandals and the shoes, we come with a readiness, a readiness to go, a readiness to stay, a readiness to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we have to be ready for whom? There's two, two people we have to be ready for. We have to be ready to respond to people outside the church, and we have to be ready to respond mm-hmm. to those within the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, first Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 15 says this, But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So the first way that we need to be ready with the gospel of peace is we have to be ready to give an answer at all times. To those who are outside the church. Why do you stand by faith? Why when the world is upside down and the enemy is attacking you from every side, why do you still cling to that old rugged cross? Why do you not just retreat? Why do you not desert your faith? And to be prepared to give a, a, an answer that the promises of God, that, that though life may look dark, though you know, he, he is a light for my feet and a light for my path, you know, a lamp for my feet and a light for my path, that, that the Lord is with me and I am never forsaken, even if it seems that everyone has abandoned me, um, even when things don't go my way. He promises that in this world we will have many trials but to take heart because he's overcome the world. Nice. So those promises give us the hope that we have, and we need to be ready to give an answer to those who, so that's the readiness that we have to have. We have to be ready and prepared to give an answer to those who are outside the church. Yeah, and one of the schemes is those questions, is the question, well, did he really die? I heard that he didn't actually die. I heard that he didn't actually was raised from the dead, that his disciples hit him somewhere right there's there's all these questions and how can we come and answer those questions how can we know first of all from the scripture and how can we know historically when we talked about the belt of truth we talked about knowing the truth behind the bible and knowing other sources outside to to protect the bible protect the information so we just need to know that but that, that is one of the schemes, is to question you. Well, maybe, maybe he didn't actually die. Maybe they decide. And what about John? And, uh, you know, there's right. all these things that now we start questioning those things. And the so, visual with those questions is that he, the enemy wants to get you on, on uneven ground, right? He wants you to, to be on sand that will sink. And that's that uncertainty that comes. But if your feet are ready, then you can stand against the enemy's schemes because you have an answer 
to those questions. It started in the garden, right? He comes mm-hmm. and he tempts them and he says, did God really say? Mm-hmm. And so that's how he'll come to you. And, and you answer and you respond with the gospel of peace. You answer and respond with the truth because you're prepared. You're ready with the gospel um, and your, your feet have already been fitted and you're, he's not going to get you to trip. He's not going to get you to slip and he's not going to get you to fall. And we, def- we defend those answers coming from the gospel. It's not from our emotions. Well, I feel like this is it. You know, it's, it's truth. We go straight to, to the source. We go straight to the gospels. That, that's how we defend ourselves. Because if we start doing feelings, our feelings change all the time. Right. Right. Well, the way we, we feel when we have a good job and the way we feel after we get fired is two different kind of feelings. And all of a sudden, the gospel started to look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Well, does he really answer prayers? Well, when I have a job, yes, he does. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, all of a sudden, he does not. You know what I mean? So, but when we stand on the truth that is in the gospel, then it becomes totally different. But keeping in mind, we, you know, just like we were saying in the design of these shoes, right? They had these things called hobnobs, which were like cleats. And so the, the deeper the cleat, the more firm your footing would be. Now, if you're just superficially, you know the truth. If you only superficially read your scripture, you only superficially know the gospel, you're going to be slipping and tripping all the time. It's going to be like you're, you'll be going out and facing the enemy with bowling shoes. Uh, but these shoes were, were specially designed for war. And they had these cleats on the bottom. And the longer the cleats, the more grip they could get. The, so the, the more opposition you could take without losing your footing. And my husband had this story from high school football um, where, go ahead, you can share the story. Oh yeah, we're, we were supposed to have a game. It was a Saturday, Saturday, Saturday game and uh, we knew it was gonna rain and our coach says, hey, it's gonna rain, it's gonna get muddy, go out and get longer cleats. So we all, all the linemen went out and we bought, we normally had a half an inch cleat on our football. He's like, no, go get like a one inch because you need to dig in. And for us as linemen, we're the first people to kind of get hit. If you don't have good footing, you just keep sliding back. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't have that being able to grip that dirt for us, for us that meant winning or losing. And the kind of the same thing with this is the deeper we are in the word and the gospel, the as the opposition comes at us, the more we can dig in and not be moved. So like, as we were going through this, I remember this story. I mean, this, this has happened 30 years ago. Yeah, it was 30 years ago that, that it happened, but it's still something. I was like, man, I remember how important it was. But we were had to be ready. We were warned by our coach, and we went to be ready. And the same thing, again, as Paul warned us about the schemes of the devil, we need to be ready. So we do need to dig deep into the gospel. Right? Yes. And even more so, you know, as we look at the times, the time of Christ's coming is nearer than it was even yesterday, right? So as we know, he, you know, Jesus, like as I quoted earlier, Jesus says, in this world you will have trials. And he warns also that in the end of days it's going to get even harder. You know, there's the hearts of many will grow cold and there will be false teachers and there will be more and more deceit and it will be easier to fall into the enemy's schemes. And so that warning is already out there. So, so what you knew, the truth, you can never get comfortable, but you always have to go deeper and deeper so that you have that footing because what worked for you yesterday may not work for you tomorrow. Amen. Amen. And the other part, um, when Trisha, we talked about, so this is the first Peter 3.15 is, is for the non-Christians when we answer our hope. The second one is for the Christians, for people in the church, is 2 Timothy 4.2. It says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage 
with great patience and careful instructions. So another another thing that that the devil is going to scheme us, and we kind of started talking about it a little bit earlier, is that in the church there will be questions. In the church there will be things that be done that do not fall into the in what the gospel is saying, and that's when we need to, in season and out of season. Be able to be ready to correct her and rebuke and encourage those who are stepping away from the gospel. Mm. And now, Paul talks about that number of times where people were walking away. There's other people that were preaching different gospels and everything else. And we need to be ready to correct and rebuke those people. Again, with great patience and careful instruction, we're not just firing at them. But we do need to be ready because otherwise we'll just follow the same sheep and we'll follow the sheep to the slaughter mm-hmm. and we cannot do that. So that's the other way that we need to be ready in our words. So when you hear something that you need to be like, this is not what's in the word. That's why when we're teaching you guys, you hear that we're, we start off with a verse. We don't want to start off with our opinion. We want to start off with our verse so that we, when you guys hear something say, this is not us. This is in the word. So when you start hearing somebody else talking about it and they're not quoting the Bible or it's not, it's out of context, you need to be ready to correct. And, and the, we're supposed to do that. The Bible tells us to do that. So the last part about our feet being fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, we just want to finish with the gospel. The gospel that we're standing firm on is the gospel of peace. We've talked about this. We talked about this when we talked about Beatitudes, so we won't get too far into it. But the reality is, is that the gospel of peace is one that we now have peace with God because of what Christ did on the cross. But that is the very same reason that we're at war with the world, right? Mm-hmm. Because peace with God means that we're, you, you can't serve both. Yeah. You're either friends with the world and enemies of God or you're at peace with God and you're at war with the world. So the reality of this gospel is that it's a gospel of peace that we have the good news that now we have peace with God. We have a relationship with God and he is building um, his, his, the body of Christ together that with the dividing walls of hostility that used to be between us are no more because Christ removed that through his work on the cross. And Galatians 1, says, um, starting in verse 6, says this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And this was written so long ago, and yet it's so true. This could have been written even today. It says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Condemned, As we have already said, and now I say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. And he says it twice. And I just think this is so telling for us because some, some of us are falling away. People are leaving the church and people are falling away or they think that they're strong believers, but they're, they've accepted a perversion of the gospel. They're confused about what the truth of the gospel is. And yeah. we always have to come back to where is it written? What yeah. does the word say? What is the truth on which we stand? And if it's something different than the gospel as we originally received it, as originally is written in his word, it is no gospel at all. And so we have to be very careful that we don't go tying and binding ourselves to some gospel that is not the true gospel at all. Mm-hmm. But the gospel of peace, the gospel that calls us to repent, right? 
The gospel that calls us to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And to repent from our sins and, and to be reconciled to God. Amen. That is the only one true gospel and that is the gospel in which we find peace. Amen. Amen. And when we talk about the feet and being prepared, we need to realize when we talk about standing firm, it's not only just we, we're, we're standing firm and, and that's it on the same spot. Sometimes there's going to be a time in our lives where we need to stand firm and not move. And just sometimes we're going to need to go. All right. So Paul, you see, you see that in Paul. He goes out there in, the, in Romans. He talks about it and he quotes Isaiah 52, 7 and says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, mm-hmm. who proclaim peace, who, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. Who say to Zion, your God reigns. So sometimes we need to take that one step forward into the enemy line and proclaim our God reigns. And then we step one foot forward. So it's, we're never moving back. But we'll take that step forward. And we just, yeah, we say this with caution because we, you know, as we started off, when you engage with spiritual warfare, some people are like, yeah, let's do spiritual warfare, and they're casting, they're binding, they're doing all this stuff, and it's not even biblical. And so we say with caution, first learn to stand firm. Amen. Stand firm. <laughs> so Sometimes all you can do is stand firm. Oh. It's enough It's enough to not desert the faith. It's enough to not fall. Wow. But like my husband said, there is a time, and there will be a time in your life when you have the maturity and when the Holy Spirit tells you to move. And you have no choice but to move. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be ready with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You've got to be ready to go when he says go. Yeah. And just lastly, I just want to encourage of the promises that comes from the gospel. And there was too many for me to do it, so I just kind of uh, took a screenshot of this. So this is Jesus talking about all the promises that he has. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. John fourteen six says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 14, 15, and 6 says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you an- another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So we got the Holy Spirit. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have life to the fullest. John eleven twenty five says, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. John 15, 5 says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Matthew 28, 20 says, teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. John 14, 20 says, peace I leave with you my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 14, 1 through 3, and this is the last one. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. 
Stand with the gospel of peace. Stand strong and be ready with it. Those are the promises that Jesus himself spoke to you through, through, through the Bible. And we stand on that because that's a firm ground. That's who we, what we stand on. It's not just a feelings or what ifs, but that's the ground that we stand on. And I hope that that would be the encouraging part for you guys to stand firm and not slide and know that that is the footing that you want to be on. Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.